welcome to episode 181 of the Various and Sunday Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio, the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary, by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who recently spent a week in Washington, D.C., John Scott Sloat. Near Washington, D.C. Ah. I flew in, drove immediately to Virginia, drove up to Maryland, mm-hmm. into Pennsylvania, ended up in Lancaster. Okay. Of all places. So if you count that as D.C. Okay. And then flew out of D.C. So. All right. Kind of kind of shot all around that, that region there. And how many different individuals did you meet with? Something like 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah. Had quite a few... Uh, Quite a few coffees, quite a few lunches. I eat terribly <laughs> when I'm on the road. Like I need to get be- get better at just ordering a salad because it's always like I'll take that sandwich with some fries, yeah, or something, and it's it just kills you. Yeah. Are you worried though that that undercuts your street cred? A, w- a little bit. With, yeah. Or ordering the salad could come across as a little soft. A, a little, little bit. Although I went to this kind of East Coast diner in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. And I ordered the Cobb salad. And it came with like, you know, like it comes with like a chicken breast. You know, it takes up like four or five mm-hmm. inches on top of the salad. This thing took up like the whole plate. Oh. Like it was probably like fifteen strips of chicken. Oh wow! Across this plate, it was like all chicken. So okay, it was delicious. It was very good. All right, very filling. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back in the studio. We haven't done this for what three weeks now or whatever. Something this like one that. seemed to be a lot quicker than the last three weeks. You do you remember like when because we did that in May too? Yeah. This one felt a lot quicker than the last one. Um, I don't know. For me, it didn't. Really? Yeah. It feels like it's been a long time since I've been in the studio here. Well, you had a transatlantic flight. Yes. Well, two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're back. That's true. But you did on the on the last three-week thing as yeah. well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Time moves slower in England, I, I suppose. I guess. How, how was the trip? It was great. It was great. Can you give us a bit, uh, a short uh, itinerary? Yeah, so first few days we were in Scotland, mainly in Edinburgh. Worth the visit, Edinburgh? Yeah, it is. Um, but it's also a place where I feel like you can probably go once and that's enough. Okay. Like it's a small city, so it felt like we pretty much got to do everything we really wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, we did take a day, a one-day kind of tour slash day trip around the Scottish Highlands. It's like 12-hour loop around and so beautiful. Beautiful area. Uh, went to Loch Ness. Mm. Did not see the Loch Ness monster. I, I assume you did not see the monster. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is that where Knox was? Was Knox? I know he's in Scotland. Um, he was in Edinburgh. Yes. Okay. At some point. Do you see any any John Knox sort of? Um, no relation to Don. <laughs> no, no. Um, Yes, we uh, went to the cathedral where he preached. Fun, and we took a tour of his house. Nice. So yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, and then went down to London. Um, I'll save my one thing I liked uh, from that part of the trip, and then, um, and then yeah, Kate connected with her uh, the tour group from her school. And they spent a couple more days in London, then went on to Paris. And as we record today, uh, today's our last day in Barcelona. Oh, nice. Have they had a good time? I'm assuming you're in contact with – Yes. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah. And then I went up to Cambridge to Tyndale House. To, to just to right write, away. Yeah. Crazy productive. Nice. So, very good. Nice. Uh, how many times did the bell get rung? Uh, well, they've, they've tweaked it a little bit. So it's it's a gong. Now. Oh, it's a gong. Yes. Was it a bell before? Um, I think it was a gong. But if, if it went, if it rang twice, that meant someone had successfully like defended their okay. dissertation. That did not happen while I was there. So everybody failed while you were well, there. Well, no, no, there were no uh, defenses scheduled at that point. So, but yes, um, yeah, it was good. Um, met several people. Very interesting, just to kind of hear what they're working on. Um, there was a guy there uh, who was doing work in Galatians, so had a good chat with him. I'm sure you were helpful. I tried. I tried. So, yeah, good trip. But got in last night. So, A little, a little jet lag today? I'm okay. I'll, okay. I'll, be, I'll be tired by the end of the day. Okay. But, uh, yeah, usually usually within a day to two days, I'm, I'm good. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good to be back in the studio. Let's do our standard if you would like to contact the show. I've forgotten how to do this kind of stuff now after this time. Yeah, we're five minutes in here. I know. <clears throat> if you'd like to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And I should say a, a, a welcome to any new listeners. Uh we may have some new folks from the UK. Oh, really? Checking in. So, yeah. Why would that be? Um, Were you promoting it? Did you have had, a booth at, I, I, at Tyndale House? No, I just had conversations. That's all. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, all right, John, you ready to talk some sports? Uh, always. Okay. So while we were uh, out of the studio, uh, the NBA finals were, um, were held and? Wrapped up. Wrapped up. Did you watch any of the games? They're past your bedtime. They're past my bedtime. No. Yeah. Uh, I might have seen a quarter along the way. So I got to watch the first two games before I left for the UK. And so um, – but even though Miami had won game two, I was confident Denver would win the series in five or six. So that didn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah. So Jokic, MVP, huge numbers – and he's coming out with some some controversial statements all of a sudden as Not well. Controversial? Uh, at least they're getting conversation on ESPN. Like I saw one like Jokic says basketball is not most important thing in life. Yeah, you know, you know stuff like that where yeah. people are shocked. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting breed uh, in the sense of just like he. I mean, I re- I remember seeing a clip from him at the press conference after they won. And someone asked him, like, are you excited for the parade? And he's like, when's the parade? I'm like, oh, it's like Thursday or something. He's like, oh, I can't go to the parade. I got to get home. <laughs> like, That's like, too funny. Like back to – is he from is he from Serbia? Is that where he's from? I'm not totally sure. Somewhere. Yeah, basically wanted to get back home to Europe and, you know, is not very interested in the – he's just – he is not interested at all in any of the trappings of fame, celebrity. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I do this for a job. He's not John Morant. No. Well, that's a whole nother. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. And I feel like I can't talk about it anymore. No, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what was it? 25 game suspension? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Did you think that was too much, too little? I had, 
I think he's lucky to have a job at, yeah. the, at this point. I mean, anyway. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other NBA story broke yesterday. Big trade in the NBA. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Okay. So uh, the Suns acquired Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Chris Paul and Landry Shamit hmm. and a, some picks, I guess. So is Washington going to keep Chris Paul or is it going to be sort of like a, they're going to cut him? And I mean the stories I've seen is they're trying to trade him. And the Clippers are interested in trying to get him. Again. I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, CP3, uh, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, I guess, would be there. Yeah. I mean, he's still a good point guard. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, what Do you like the move for the Suns? I mean, I didn't realize Bradley Beal was still in the league, tell you the <laughs> truth. Um, I think – Bradley Beal might be, better, might be a better point scorer, but I don't think he's drastically that much better than Chris Paul. Yeah. I, I, I don't saw, know. I saw some like NBA rankings and mm-hmm. they had them fairly similar. Yeah. He's a little younger, I imagine. I would think so. Uh, you know, you also just wonder, sometimes you just need a, a change in chemistry. So yeah. who knows? And getting Bradley Beal off that bad team, you know, and getting him on a team that's playing for something might, might be good for Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, did you watch any of the, any of the U.S. Open this weekend? No. Me either. Of course, I was out of the country. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have not heard of the man who won it, Wyndham Clark. Well, all that I read about him was that he's never finished more than in the top 25 or 50 of a major before. Okay. So he just played unbelievably this weekend and held off uh, Rory, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Who that is, Wyndham Clark? So. No, it sounds like a hotel more than a <laughs> yes. more than a golfer. Yes, where are you staying? The Wyndham Clark. Yes, sounds like a sounds like a we have f- a we have a suite in the Wyndham Clark. Maybe like a four star yeah. hotel. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you want to give us an update on your beloved Mets? Oh, they're bad. It's been a bad Why? season. I they can't they can't pitch. So they've lost more games. Uh, when scoring six or more runs than any other team in, in Major League Baseball. Hmm. They're just giving up a ton of runs. Uh, so Wasn't their pitching staff decent last year? What's happened? Oh, it was very good. Um, but they uh, they lost their three starter and their four starter, and they've replaced them, and they just haven't hmm. been as good. Hmm. Okay. And Verlander hasn't been very good either, and yeah. the bullpen has not been very good. Yeah. Bullpen's given up a lot of runs. Yeah. See, now I, I'm entering the sports wilderness here of, I don't know, there's really nothing on that captures my attention right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is when basketball tries to do three-on-three tournaments, right, and stuff like that. Well, and there's the, uh, oh, what do they call it? I think it's called the basketball tournament, don't they? Where it's mm-hmm. like it's like guys – that play like overseas or things like that, not NBA guys, um, often putting together teams that like are associated with alumni teams. So like Ohio State has a, sure. a, a team that's mo- made up mostly of Ohio State alums and Syrac- you know, guys that went to Syracuse and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. They have kind of alumni teams. But uh, that's the tournament that's famous for the Elam ending in basketball. Yep. Uh, which is – for those who don't know, basically 
at the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter uh, at the first like dead ball. They stop the clock and then they add 10 points. So like if if the if the team that's leading is winning 84-82 at that point, the first team to score 94 points wins the game. And the clock shut off. Shot clock stays on, but like mm-hmm. the regular clock's turned off. So anyway, um and there's no Olympics this summer. Yeah, it's it's just baseball. Yeah. Have you watched any baseball with the new rules? Not really. See, here's the thing about baseball. I I should like it because it's it's part of American history. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of uh, um, I, I I don't mind slow things, slow games, slow developing shows necessarily. Like I, I can go with that. It's just I, for whatever reason. Is it that they play every day? You think it might be. Mm-hmm. It's just too much of it. I don't know. Well, I, I will say the average game time has sped up significantly. Okay. Like the average game is between like mm-hmm. two and a half hours and three and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, or probably two and a half and three hours. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You ready to move on, John? Sure. 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 All right. Today we are doing our last installment in our summer read. Uh how to Find Yourself, Why Looking Inward is Not the Answer by Brian Rosner. And um, so today we will talk about the last section, the last two chapters, kind of his concluding um, comments and, and, and ideas here. Two fairly short chapters. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so the first one is uh, called Losing Yourself. And um, – I thought you know it's it's framed against what Jesus says in the Gospels. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. And he starts with a. You know, he's talked obviously the whole book is about expressive individualism, but he says it can be summed up in two assertions: one, to be yourself, you have to find yourself, and two, you belong to yourself. And basically, he's going to undermine those two notions based on what scripture says here. So I thought that was a good way to start. Yeah, and then and then he jumps into the paradox of modern identity, mm-hmm. uh, which is really probably mostly just a succinct version of everything that he said in previous chapters. But I yeah. appreciated the list yep. he had there. We are told to look inward to find ourselves, but inevitably we still look to the approval of others to shore up our uh, sense of oneself. Yeah. I um, mean he, he lists – what, uh, seven of those types mm-hmm. of statements that even though we're doing one thing, we're really doing another. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good list on 188 and 189. So um, I think uh, this chapter does a great job of helping you kind of rethinking through some of these issues specifically in light of Jesus' statements in the Gospels about what it looks like to – to find your life and to lose your life. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else in this chapter that especially grabbed you? No, it was. I mean, there was a, there's a great C.S. Lewis quote on uh, on one ninety one. Okay, um, but other than that, just just enjoyed. Uh, it, it was a bit of a almost summary statement of what he said mm-hmm. thus far, yeah. which I suppose a concluding section should be to some degree. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, re- really, really helpful. Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I did think this was interesting. I've not thought of it this way, but on 195, he's talking about um, claiming the story of Christ as our own story. And then in that paragraph, he makes a statement, in direct contradiction of expressive individualism, in baptism, we affirm that we are not closed, self-sufficient, autonomous units, but rather connected to others in a shared story. Baptism speaks of our shared memory and defining destiny mm-hmm. that form our identity in Christ. And so I've not um, I've not thought in terms of baptism related to how it's a contradiction to mm-hmm. expressive individualism. Yeah. Um, which I, I will say though, I think to me that is more reason to um, to have baptism in a church context mm-hmm. rather than just individualized or just, you know, you know, you and I have both been to Israel, seen people getting baptized in Israel. And I, I, I want to be cautious. Like I, I'm not trying – I just think I get why you might want to do that. Mm-hmm. But really, baptism is not just you professing your faith in Jesus. It's you identifying with Christ and his people. Yeah. And that's best done, I think, in a uh, church context, in a local church context. Yeah. It's about a community of believers. Yeah. Not just the individual getting baptized. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I think so. I did appreciate those six things, right? Um, the, those six, I believe there were six things live, how to live the story of Jesus. Yeah. Um, communion was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, singing, you know, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, prayer. I, I mean, there's a number of things, but uh, those six things that he highlighted as uh, ways to uh, take, basically, take on uh, mm-hmm. the life of Jesus. Well, and what's fascinating about that is that there's nothing in there that is like unexpected. Really, it's like. Basically, these are just the the components of living the Christian life. You know, things that we'd say. What does it mean to live as a Christian? We'd say, well, you should be reading your Bible. You should be praying. You should be part of a local church. You mm-hmm. should be partaking in the Lord's table, like in and singing with God's people. Like, there's nothing in there that's like, oh wow, I've never thought of that before. But framed this way, in terms of that, is helpful. So his fourth one. I was curious what you thought about this. His fourth one was. You can express allegiance to the life story of Jesus Christ uh, by saying the creed, mm-hmm. uh, the, specifically the Apostles' Creed. Um, that one caught my Baptist sensibilities <laughs> off guard. <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on, uh, on that one specifically? I have no problem with that. Do you think we should be reading the creeds more yes. as, uh, as, as uh, local congregations, Baptist sure. congregations here in the United sure. States? Yes. Should the Apostles' Creed be our statement of faith? No. Okay. I, I think statement. I think a statement of faith needs to be um, attentive to your current context. Okay. So you would you would say, I disagree with the churches that would be like, hey, our statement of faith, Nicaea, Apostles' Creed, here they are, mm-hmm. here are links, go find them. Mm-hmm. You would you would say like, eh, it's not perfect. It's not. It's not great because it's not dealing I, with the I don't think context. it's saying enough. Okay. And in today's context, I think you need to say more 
mm-hmm. than just what the creeds say. But in the same breath, you wouldn't be uh, – there, there are some churches out there that go, oh, we're non-creedal. We don't, we don't think the creeds are, are for today are useful. No, that's not where I'm at. OK. That's what I figured. But No, I, I, think, I think that cuts us off from the heritage we have as God's people. Mm-hmm. I mean when you, when you think about – I mean there's a sense in which for a first century Jew, what was their creed? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall mm-hmm. love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That was their creed. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Like I think there are biblical examples of mm-hmm. this is our confession of faith. So I, yeah, I got no problem with that. OK. Um, and then the last chapter, uh, finding yourself. Um, Basically, uh, he says, I'm going to set up to answer four questions. How can you embrace the identity of being known by God as his child? What sort of conduct and character character does this new identity produce? What does the corporate life of the new identity look like? Can a Christian approach to identity formation accommodate the concerns and use the language of expressive individualism? All good questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I appreciate the corporate emphasis in this as well. Yeah, I did as well. Um, I, I think well. maybe my favorite part though was uh, on page 209 where he writes what he calls the prayer of the authentic self. Yeah, I thought that was funny. In contrast to the Lord's prayer. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and you know, it's – it's you, the first read I have of that, like, I'm like, ha ha, that's funny. But I'm like that's just being honest and direct about where expressive individualism gets you. Oh, yeah. So – yeah, like my essence within help me to find my authentic self instead of our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So just very interesting, very well done. Good, good, helpful way of drawing out the contrast there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, and we are excited. We are going to be interviewing Brian Rosner. Uh, we're doing the interview later this week, but that episode won't drop until the first week of July. Because there's a major holiday yeah. right there. Yeah, and that'll just be a convenient way of us not having to come into the studio mm-hmm. on a holiday weekend, holiday Monday, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because so, Grace has been very kind, gives us Monday and Tuesday off that week. Yeah, well, that, that doesn't apply to me as faculty. Like, well, you're, you're, you know, you're unemployed right now technically. You yes, know. essentially I am unemployed. Though <laughs> strangely enough, the emails keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> the requests for work. Keep yeah, flow- isn't that interesting? Keep flowing in. Yeah. I always chuckle with that. Like, well, I mean you're only on a 10-month contract or whatever it is, nine-month contract. Well, maybe. <laughs> then, then can I stop responding? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Anyway. All right, John. We should move on. Sounds good. So our sort of one of our main topics here today then is just and we'll have a short discussion on this is um, there's been a lot in the news in the Christian world and beyond um, about boycotting, about Christians and conservatives boycotting, uh, whether it's products or uh, retailers or in one case even potentially a baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm sure m- most of our listeners are familiar with uh, – there's been boycotts of Bud Light 
who came out with a transgender spokesperson in a big media campaign. Yeah, that was bad marketing. Oh, it was a disaster. Um, yeah, I, I think their marketing director even came out and said, we don't like the frat boy image we have <laughs> of these of these uh, poor white men drinking our beer all the time and using it to party. We hmm. don't like that image. We don't like our customer. Yeah. And so we're going to try to switch customers. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that person has been, uh, if not fired on uh, uh, administrative leave. Yeah. Well, yes. And then uh, once we got to uh, to June with uh, so-called Pride Month, uh, Target came under significant scrutiny for some of their um, efforts to promote transgender – yeah, I think it was mo- mostly the tra- merchandise. If, if I understand it, the, it was mostly the transgender stuff yes. with uh, specifically bathing suits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then even Kohl's, I think I, I don't remember the specifics, but yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm not familiar with Kohl's. Yeah. So, uh, in any case, I, I heard a statistic this morning actually that if you look at those four companies, uh, sorry, three, and. and well, One, go ahead. Two, three. That uh, together, they they have lost a total of twenty nine billion dollars in their stock value. Yeah. As a result of this. Yeah. Now again, I think you have to be careful with. You can't always just make a direct correlation between that and then a stock price. There's a lot of things that go into stock prices going up and down. So. Sure. But clearly, like with the Bud Light thing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just their stock price, but like distributors were saying um, the orders have like dried up. Like people who normally order X amount of Bud Light product are not ordering anymore. Like, yeah. So that has nothing to do with stock prices. That's that's. I saw photos all over social media of uh, – I think it was Memorial Day of like – all of the beer sold out except for the big Bud Light display that was put together <laughs> yeah. in like the shape of the American flag yeah. or, you, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it just wasn't selling. No, no. Um, and then we should also mention um, the the controversy with the L.A. Dodgers mm-hmm. who um, in celebration of Pride Month invited a group – I forget – Oh, I, I got it. I got it locked and loaded for you. Okay, go for uh, it. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, is their name. Okay. And this group uh, basically mocks Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, pregnant nuns uh, uh, dressed up in drag basically mm-hmm. um, and particularly around issues of LGBTQ and, and other things. But yeah. but the core of it is mocking Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that, that was – So didn't – like. They announced they were going to do this and then there was some backlash and didn't they yep. uninvite them and then they got even more uh, – uh, then they got backlash from the other side. Yep. And then they reinvited them, yep. right? That's right. OK. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they put out the announcement. I believe the Catholic community of LA and nationally mm-hmm. freaked out about this group who, who mocks their faith, yeah. uh, disinvites them. Um, the the other side the the people that are I don't even know the right words um, the people that were before them mm-hmm. uh, freaked out about that yeah. they reinvited them with an apology and uh, and then uh, 
the Catholics, I, I think understandably, fr- freaked mm-hmm. out. Uh, and then they announced we're having Christian family uh, uh, Christian family day at the ballpark uh, because I think <laughs> their their star pitcher uh, went to management o- mm-hmm. over it. I think uh, Clayton Kershaw did. Yeah. Which I mean, it, there's an angle we could talk about briefly: is what do you do as an athlete? Because he, he, he he's got the platform. Yeah. Where he's he's too important for them to be like. Your views aren't welcome. Shut up, or mm-hmm. we'll cut you. Kind of thing. Like yep. that's not going to happen with Clayton Kershaw. Way too important to the team. Oh yeah. But you know your backup shortstop, they could cut him mm-hmm. if he says the same thing. So it's all a matter of how what your perceived value is to the team. Um. But um. Yeah, what were your thoughts on how different Christian athletes handled this? I think you're more in tune with this than I am. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I think if this was a situation where uh, I think the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence makes this different than than some other ones. I think if the Dodgers want to have a pride night and then two weeks later have a Christian family night, I Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think think opening up to multiple constituencies is a good thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to be in the business of mocking other religions, I, I think that's really where I have more of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the athletes themselves I, and, and for truthfully American workers, uh, I, I think a lot of these things are a matter of conscience in, in my mind. So mm-hmm. uh, does this violate your conscience? If it does, it, it might be time to find another job. Yeah. Um, if, if it doesn't uh, and you can keep your head down and, and go forward – uh, mm-hmm. Then, then keep your head down and go forward. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's a matter of conscience, and we gotta, we gotta use our own uh, consciences to make some of those decisions. Mm-hmm. That's at least my summation of the whole, of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, and I do think um, it, it would be wise for every Christian, regardless of your context, to, to be thinking about. How would I respond in that situation? Where is the line mm-hmm. for me? Um, there's a there's a guy named John Stone Street who is connected with the Colson Center. Okay. Uh, I think he does the Breakpoint podcast now. Okay. Anyway, um, I've heard him talk about uh, Christians need to have a theology of getting fired. Mm-hmm. And basically what he means by that is simply you need to have thought out in advance like where is the line – and what are you willing to like say and do mm-hmm. and being willing to be like, OK, that's my conscience. I can't violate that. And if that yeah. means I get fired, I get fired because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's going to happen more and more for Christians, yeah. working, especially working obviously in you know very secular marketplaces. And, and it's OK for Christians to come to different conclusions on, on some of those things. I think there Wait. is a range. There are, mm-hmm. there are some things that I feel like, look, every Christian should be like, yeah, no, that's not – that's not that's a that's a place you should not that's a line you should not cross kind of thing but um let's get back to the to the more of the boycotting thing okay um so calls for boycotting uh and I'm going to focus more on target because I think that's where I've seen it more of like um Christian women in particular because, of, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of their thing, right? That's their like, you know, ooh, shopping at Target, you know, like 
Can we – Mecca? Is that is that an appropriate – I mean just, just throw in Islam here sure, to make things more sure. complicated? Um, and uh, yeah. Um, so what do you think about the whole concept of a boycott? Could you see yourself in one sense avoiding a store, a product because of some kind of public stand they take on an issue? Uh Yes, I don't. I don't think I'm going to shout about it mm-hmm. uh, like some on social media. But but I could see myself being like, you want to know what? I'm I'm not going to shop at this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I if there's another option that's out there that's that's just as good or better, mm-hmm. um, I'm probably just gonna. But I'm probably not going to shout about it. I'm kind of going to be quiet. I mean, in a part, that's that's capitalism and responding to your consumer. Yeah. Um, you want to you want to be a profitable company. You need to <laughs> yeah. have as broad a uh, a um, a constituency base as possible. But it is – here's what's fascinating to me. Less on the boycotting end of things. So I think you know, there's a variety of um, factors that go into any decision mm-hmm. in terms of where you shop for something. The The difficulty is though, you know, you say, OK, well, I'm not going to shop at Target. OK, I can – I'm fine with that. But I'm sure if you – dug into the weeds of Walmart in terms of sure. money they contribute to different organizations and that sort yeah. of thing, yeah. you'd discover that they're probably contributing money to things that you're like, oh, that's not what I want. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not on board with that. So I don't think you can be a purist. I don't think so either. I think that's impossible. I think that's correct. Um, but I think it's I, – I, I think at the same time, what speaks the loudest is revenue. Mm-hmm. And so if a company makes a decision and then they lose money on it, that's what gets their attention. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to come down to these companies are going to be doing different things in different locations. Yeah, it could be. I, I think Target is going to have a different set of products that they promote and say – picking a random spot on the map, uh, Los Angeles County, California, mm-hmm. than they are in, say, Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. I, I just think they're going to have a different set of products. I'm, I think they're going to have to get not incredibly granular, but semi-granular mm-hmm. uh, in order to uh, m- maximize revenue and profit. Yeah. And I think they're going to end up running different commercials in different places. I, I think we're going to see all yeah. that. I, I just miss the days – where you didn't have to think about products and what they stood well, for? When when companies were like, we exist to make this product or mm-hmm. these products. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And we we don't care about social issues, at least 100%. Publicly. Mm-hmm. I miss those days. Yeah, those those were great days. When <clears> – I mean, I, I when it – you know, we use the Bud Light example. When, when Bud Light was like, we exist to make this beer mm-hmm. and we're going to try to sell it and we're going to try to convince people that it tastes good. They'll have a good time drinking it and we're going to do everything we can to make that happen. And they're not going to get fat drinking it, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the point of Bud Light. <laughs> that's the lie. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just miss those days. Um, it's the same. It's the same sort of reaction I have to – Sports, mm-hmm. like 
especially, you know, probably three to four years ago when the big push on Black Lives Matter really began or even some of the COVID stuff. It's just like I turn on sports to be entertained by athletic accomplishment, mm-hmm. not to be preached at. Stop preaching at me. Like I, I, I'm not interested in your moralizing. Just stop it. Do you because think we- I, Because I think most people view sports as an escape from those kinds of things. Now, do you think some of the some of the frustration, outrage? Do you think the the situation I lined up were like, oh, they're gonna have different things in California than Alabama? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that? Do you think I'm wrong about that? And it just becomes we're actually gonna go back to we hey we have a really good mouse trap, you know? Uh, does it go back to that or does it go to the segmenting that I that I mentioned? Um. I'm asking you to tell the future, basically. Okay. Well, that's my that's definitely my skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard for me to see um, companies going back all the way to that. To the mm-hmm. like, we just make this product. We're not interested in making any social statements. There will still be some, mm-hmm. but um, go ahead. I, I think that. Your scenario is more likely that they that companies might try to be more market specific, but with the internet and mm-hmm. with ordering online and those sorts of th- like, I think that becomes more difficult. Yeah, because even if your local Target doesn't have a pride display or a you know something that's just in your face, I, you know if you shop online. You see advertisements. I don't know. Like I, I just don't know that you can isolate it that much. Well, it's even like even uh, looking for a house. You know, you go to Zillow.com. Mm-hmm. If you scroll to the bottom of every house, it has an LGBTQ friendliness score for for that particular area. Does it really, it does for yeah. the area. For the area, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Uh, uh, our area scores very poorly. I by, I, by the way, yeah, um, I wouldn't. But. But yeah, you you can't even shop for a house uh, without this being a part of it, and there you know there are other sites you can go to. However, uh, the main one, the mm-hmm. one that most realtors are attached to, is Zillow. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta you know it's not in your face. You can ignore it, right? But it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I just think I, I agree with you that every Christian has to live within the confines of their own conscience. But at the same time, I think we need to make sure that our consciences are being formed by scripture and by what our what our Christian convictions are. Yeah. And not cultural acceptability mm-hmm. and not comfort and not aversion to risk of, oh gosh, if I say something contrary to our cultural moment, um, that could cost me something. Yeah. So anyway, well, goodness, we have to get moving on here, John. Time now for This Day in Sports History. All right. This Day in Sports History, June. <laughs> I see the typo. <laughs> uh, 20th? Is that yeah. is that where we're at now? Yeah, not, not June 120th. Uh, by the way, uh, in China, whatever the date of Tiananmen Square is, you can't Google that. 
date and get Tiananmen Square. Like it's blocked by the Chinese government. In China. In China. Okay. But if you type in like I, I think it happened in May or maybe it was June. But but they go to the previous month and they go like April 45th and, and uh, in order to Google images of it and stuff like that. It's pretty <laughs> clever to get around the firewall uh, okay. there. So June 120th reminded me of that. But June 20th, uh, 2023, 1987, first Rugby World Cup final, Eden Park, Auckland, New Zealand. Uh Fly half, Grant Fox lands four penalties, a conversion, and drop goal as the All Blacks beat France 29-9. Have you ever watched a uh, rugby game before? Not a full rugby match, no. It is. Snippets. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dangerous, certainly. Yes. Painful. And some of those dudes are huge. Yeah. I mean, just massive. Yeah. Yeah. um, I feel like. This is part of my attempt to, uh, you know, give a nod to our more international audience. Was this a big deal in Tyndall House? Were they talking about this match? <laughs> you were not, no. Remember the 87 uh, New Zealand? Anyway, yeah. the All Blacks, uh, the New Zealand national team. Did you know that? That they're called the All Blacks? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1993 NBA Finals, Chicago Bulls uh, become the first team since the Boston Celtics of – the 60s to win three consecutive titles with a 99-98 victory in Game 6 over the Phoenix Suns. MVP, Michael Jordan for a third straight year. Yep. And that was Charles Barkley's uh, Phoenix Suns, correct? That was, yeah. That was a really good Suns team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they took them to six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, 94, former NFL running back broadcaster and actor uh, and Hertz uh, commercial guy, <laughs> yeah. O.J. Simpson – Arraigned on murder of Nicole Simpson and Ronald Goldman. Yeah. A little bit of a big deal. A little bit, yeah. Uh, he's on Twitter now. Do you follow him? I didn't know he was on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Is he oh, still yeah. looking for the real killer? Uh, I don't know if he's still <laughs> looking for the real killer, but uh, I think he refer- he'll do videos of like, hello, Twitter world. <laughs> um, 1999 Cricket World Cup. Lords London, Shane Warne takes a four over 33 as Australia beats uh, Pakistan by eight wickets. Lance Klusner of RSA, uh, player of the series. He was terrific in that series. I mean, obviously. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, Are we talking to Rosner about uh, cricket? We can ask him, but I don't know that he I don't know that he's a cricket guy. I thought I thought we knew he was a cricket guy. I don't know. We can ask him. I feel like I've read one of his books where he had a footnote about cricket. Okay, we but, can ask. But uh, maybe in a pre-show. Yes, uh, pre-show uh, for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to spring that on him. Absolutely. Uh, Twenty thirteen NBA Finals. Miami Heat beat the San Antonio Spurs ninety five eighty eight in Game Seven uh, for back to back titles. MVP LeBron James for the second straight year. Yeah, that was um, – wasn't that the year that Ray Allen hit the three in game six to extend the series? And I think Tim Duncan missed a floater in the lane. Uh, Back iron. Yeah. If I, memory serves. I, I don't remember. But yeah, I think that might have been that series. So. That they that they would have uh, – I think the Spurs would have won that. Hmm. Um, so what do you like out of that? My goodness. Um, well, I'm going to take rugby and cricket off the board because I, I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Can we take OJ off the uh, board as well? Yeah, unless we want to skew negative today. I really don't. And we skew toward murder. Um, <laughs> Stay away from that, please. So, so we're down to either uh, LeBron or or LeBron or Jordan. Yeah, is that what this is down to? That's <laughs> uh, funny how we ended up there. Um, I think three consecutive titles yeah. beat two. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay, one thing you liked. Yeah. Uh, well, Michael Jordan, huh? Um, he just sold the Hornets, didn't he? He did. He did. He just sold the Hornets. What was the amount? Some ridiculous amount of money. I'm sure he made a he made a big pile of cash. Yeah. And I'm sure he's gonna buy a yacht or so. You know, he's uber wealthy, absurdly wealthy. Yeah. Um. By the way, if you have not, uh, maybe this will be the one thing I like. You, I haven't you read this. Go there. This isn't a book I've read in a long time. I know your wife has read it. Uh, have you read the Cost of These Dreams? Yes, a long time ago. Uh, the Cost of These Dreams by Wright Thompson. Uh, it is a uh, – I give it to high school students that are graduating who enjoy sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it costs uh, these men to get what they want and, and yeah. spoiler, most of the time it's, it's ruined their lives in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jordan cannot enjoy his life. It's basically the end of the first chapter and I'll save you the last chapter on Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. Because it's pretty intense. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just say I saw an interview with the author and they said, Tiger Woods want to meet with you, right? He, he goes, yeah. What's the one question you would ask Tiger if you could? Does he enjoy golf? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine uh, being for a time the best in the world and not enjoying it? Yeah. I, I mean you get a, a – a, in one sense, it's loosely similar to Jokic. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think that he doesn't enjoy basketball, but he's very clear. Like this is not my life. Like I'm well, not. I'm not like. I mean, and he. I. I don't think he's lazy. I'm not. Like I think he puts the work in. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get that good. You can't. Yeah. With with because he's not. He doesn't win. He's not great because he's just the most athletic guy. Like that. He's not. Mm-hmm. Like he's remarkably unathletic by NBA standards. Like. Yeah. He's not jumping out of the gym. He's not playing above the rim. Like it's just – it's just – he's just very fundamentally sound and, and intelligent. Yeah, he's really good at the little things. Yeah. But um, – Tiger, his edge is his competitiveness and his desire to win. Yeah. He just blows everybody away with that and yeah. intimidates them. Yeah, though he was also one of the first to um, – Take his health seriously. Yes, and in particular, like lifting and mm-hmm. even some of the diet stuff, like he he kind of brought that to golf. Yeah, um, I would love to have a. I, I'd love to be on the course when he and John Daly are in the same grouping, because <laughs> you know John Daly's smoking like four heaters a hole. Yeah, uh, crushing a beer at the turn. You know, I mean, he's yes. he is. Probably enjoying life a little too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, what's your one thing? Okay, so while uh, I was in London with Kate, we did a church history tour with a guy named Ben Virgo uh, of Christian Heritage London. Um, so highly recommend him. We walked around different sites there in central London connected with guys like Wesley hmm. and Tyndale and um, John Newton. Hmm. In fact, you can go we – go, we went into John Newton's church. 
Oh, very cool. It's still active. Yeah. Well, it's – yeah, it is. Um, and I got to read scripture from Newton's pulpit, oh, which was very cool. That is very cool. Uh, but so after the tour though, he uh, he hosted us for dinner at his home and uh, he had me on his podcast. So he does a podcast called Christian Heritage London where he just interviews different Christian thinkers and leaders and that sort of thing. Fun. That's great. Yeah. So um, here's the crazy thing. He's a listener now to the podcast. He is. He is. Wow. Yes. Yes. Needs his fix on American sports. I guess. He's like, yeah, I'll confess that I don't I, I don't recognize many of the names in the opening Wait, he sports. Was, he was like, already yeah. a listener? He had, he had listened to like a whole bunch of episodes before. In preparation for your in interview. In preparation for my interview. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, and enjoyed it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And this this you'll appreciate this. He said, "The thing I appreciate about it is, you guys are clearly good friends, hmm. and your conversations with each other show that." Interesting. Which was heartwarming because, like, that's the whole thing of the podcast. Yeah, that's where the whole thing started. And so I, I tell the, I uh, when he interviewed me, he asked me about the podcast. Really? Yeah. And so I told the story of how the podcast started, and um, so yeah, so um. Maybe when that episode comes out, we'll have to throw a link that direction. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. But, uh, had dinner at his home and he's got uh, – is it five kids I think? But the one that we interacted with the most was his 10-year-old son, Ambrose. Oh. Yeah. Of Milan. <laughs> yes. Um, he was – 10-year-old son, OK? He was incredible. Hmm. He was so much fun to talk to. Um, his British accent, of course, and yeah, just the like very smart, um, very inquisitive, um, and his face would just light up when you'd tell him something. Like just very fun oh, to talk that's with. Awesome. He was adorable. My, our biggest regret is we didn't get any. We should have taken a video of him. Hmm. We didn't. But anyway, great kid, great family. I love the Brits. Yeah, yeah. They um, say Father Christmas. <laughs> Instead of Santa, I love <laughs> yes, it. They do, yes. They like he's do. a priest, you yeah. know. So uh, yeah, so check it out. His uh, podcast is called Christian Heritage London. And if you're ever in the ever in London and want to do a great Christian history tour, uh, reach out to him. He does a great job with that. So interesting. All right, John. We've caught up on sports. We've talked summer read. Don't forget that not next episode, but the episode after that will be our interview with Brian Rosner. Uh, we also talked about Christians and boycotts. We talked about Michael Jordan winning his first three-peat. We talked about the cost of these dreams. We talked about uh, Christian Heritage Tour in London and the podcast there. That's it. Yep. Awesome. So, subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so, all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.